The views expressed on the following show may not be those of the hosts, guests, or WSPN Skidmore Radio. Talk Saratoga is produced by Saratoga Broadcasting Incorporated and may not be reproduced in part or in whole unless expressed written approval is given. Now, here are the hosts of Talk Saratoga, Rick Thompson and a Saratoga All-Star. Okay, good morning and welcome to our Christmas show. And uh, we try and keep it light, but we'll, we'll get into a few uh, subjects later on um, uh, and get Santa's uh, opinion on some things for the city. Uh, first, I want to say uh, good morning, Santa Pat. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Oh, 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 just doing all right. Um, I, to everybody out there, today is Festivus, and I want to wish everybody happy Festivus. And for those who don't know what that is... Um, there's uh, five essentials to a Festivus celebration, and believe me, there are people in this country that celebrate, celebrate Festivus, and one of them is a good friend of mine, but um, first of all, you have to have an aluminum pole, and um, you don't have to decorate it, but that's one of the musts. You have to have an aluminum pole. Um, and for dinner, you need sliced meatloaf on a bed of lettuce with a dish of peas on the side, uh, the next thing is you have to have a gathering to air your grievances, and this tradition is by letting out any gripes you may have with loved ones and not-so-loved ones, along with complaints about jobs, trends, and businesses. And at least one festival miracle, uh, the occurrence of two miracles, uh, can happen by inviting two off-track betting bookies to dinner. And last but not least, a Festivus wrestling match must take place at the end. And um, <laughs> it's not complete until the head of the household is wrestled to the floor and pinned. However, one thing to consider for your Festivus party is to have feats of strength that do not require a visit to the emergency room. Uh, you can get a Festivus pole by going on eBay. Uh, they sell all different sizes, as does Amazon. And uh, I just hope you have a happy Festivus. And I know, Mark, you're going to be celebrating at your daughter's house tonight and uh, have fun. So uh, Only you, Rick. I, I, Where I, do you I, come up with this stuff? I don't know. You know, it started out as a joke on a comedy show, Seinfeld, and it really has spread out. <laughs> and uh, they do sell Festivus polls oh, now. Oh, I know. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to... Uh, I just wanted to do that because the feet, the feet of strength really intrigues me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, a, I don't know. I don't know. But at least we have feet. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. At yeah. least we get together. And uh, I'm glad that you're here today because uh, I can't imagine a better Christmas show well, thank you. Uh, without thank having you, thank you on. Same here. I feel the same way. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, we'll try and keep things light, although we have some things to talk about uh, with the city, but I want to start off about the Christmas presents that the Yankees gave us and the Christmas presents that we lost, that the Grinch came and yeah. took away from us. I know. Um, you know, we got um, two... Oh, I want to I want to preface this by, in the last um, uh, couple weeks, we lost two uh, wives of two legends, Yankee legends. One was the wife of uh, Whitey Ford, Joan Ford, and uh, the wife of Elston Howard, uh, Arlene Howard. And that, for any Yankee fan, um, an old-timers uh, game, 
which happens once a year, the wives of the deceased players that are still alive come out, and they make a, a really big deal about that because the Yankees pride themselves on being a family. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, Jill Martin is still alive, as is uh, Thurman Munson's widow. And uh, it's, it's nice to see them come out and, and what they do for them, along with the older players that are retired that are still alive. And uh, they play a game, which is kind of fun. Not that long, I think four innings. But, um, you know, Pat, I am a little disappointed uh, in uh, not who the Yankees got, but who they missed out on, yeah. who I thought they had a heck of a shot at getting. Oh, I do, too. I, I do, too. I think <laughs> I, you're going to see this as a trend in baseball for the long as we'll, we'll see. In the four, you'll see a guy come in like Otani, yeah. take a deferred contract like that. It gives him room to buy to get somebody new. Now, this 25-year-old's yeah. probably, well, he's not that much younger than Otani, but the, the idea is that's a ton of money. Well, yeah, I mean, Otani, they gave Otani... Um, Seven hundred million. Seven hundred million. He's taking that on the back end because he's so young. I, I think he's making uh, what twelve million this year, maybe twenty-five million. But I mean, can you imagine making that money after you retire from baseball? Uh, yeah, it's just mind-boggling. And then we had a uh, uh, Yamamoto, a Japanese twenty-five-year-old that the Yankees really thought they would be I able to get. I thought they had him. I know. I, I thought did they too. had him. Well, they thought so up until he signed with the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. um, actually, the Mets offered him the same amount of money that the Dodgers did, which was uh, a 12-year, $325 million contract. And uh, the Dodgers also got Otani at $700 million. But uh, and the Mets made the same offer, twelve year, three hundred twenty five million dollars. The, the Yankees' offer was three hundred million, but he went to the Dodgers, and I, I don't know how much of Otani's influence had on him getting that, uh, going to the Dodgers. Yeah, I, when I heard that, when I when, when the rumor was that we had him, I'd heard that some of our former Japanese players. You know, uh, we're helping him. We're out. helping him out. Yeah, you know? and uh, you know, he. The interesting part was uh, number eighteen is not retired by the Yankees. Right, played in pinstripes in Japan. Uh, my my understanding is he loves New York. Yeah, and that's kind of where we all believe. But yet, it was kind of a little bit too late. I, I'm not sure whether his mind was made up, but he certainly. Uh, certainly appears to be a, a budding superstar. Sure. Well, you know what? He had a, an agent that's known to be uh, the money grabber. I think his agent was Scott Boris. Oh, wasn't was it? He? Yeah. I, I think so. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, the Dodgers move, like you said, with Otani mm -hmm. gave them the room to get this guy to pay him that yeah. kind of money. But however, um, if he is as good as he's going to be, yeah. that three hundred million is not going to stay there. Yeah, uh, for twelve to, for twelve years, that yeah. that's going to go way up. Yeah, uh, and um, it's just crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they said this back in the '70s when they uh, started free agency. You know, how can they pay these guys big money? But it's a fact that baseball, the strong teams, can do that. And that's why you always see the Oakland A's and, um, uh, the, you know, the other uh, low-placed uh, teams can't compete. They just can't compete oh, no. with it. I mean, I think at one point I was listening to stats that said um, the Pittsburgh Pirates made more 
in the revenue sharing than they did they had pay, payroll. Right. So they, they made payroll. made money just having a team on the field. Oh yeah, from well, Major League Baseball, and then you know, too, must yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And you, but, but you see these resurgence. So you start to see the Texas Rangers. You know, eight ten years ago, you're like, who, what, what? You know, yeah. now they're powerhouse. Yeah, Baltimore Orioles. Yep. Yep. Same so way. They were very. They took the East. You know. I think you're. I think you're starting to see it <clears throat> in football too. Parody. I mean, you look in. You know, before the Kansas City Chiefs, nobody could beat them. Now right. they're right in the pack of everybody else. Sure. And I'm not sure why, whether, you know, there's somebody uh, descends in their talent or, or they accelerate other te- teams. I'm not sure. But but I, I I like to see baseball. I mean, as you mentioned, I can't remember the last time Baltimore is even in consideration. Heck no. Heck no. And uh, it's just, it's funny to see. Um, you know, these, these prices and, and to see what's going on. Now, the Yankees... Um, Got a good player from the Red Sox, which um, you know I'm I'm happy about uh, Alex Verdugo, mm-hmm. and who's a, who's supposed to be a, a really good outfielder. Um, he's got good power, and he's got field the way we have it. He's he's, he's a, I I assume he'll be a threat to be reckoned with. Yeah, but also um, uh, I, I saw an interview of him the other day, and he shaved his beard. It's the first time yes, since high school. I know it. That's so, a Yankee you know, policy. That, yeah. Let's but see. he said his mother really likes it, yeah. so I, I don't know. But you know what? Um, honestly, his stats <clears throat> to me weren't all that good. I mean, they're they're good, but they're not great. Last year, uh, he played in uh, or he had two sixty four. He had thirteen homers, fifty four RBI, and a, a seven forty five. Um, OPS, and that was his fourth season with the Red Sox. Now, overall, I mean, his uh, home run uh, over that time was 57, um, and he had 255 RBI. So I don't consider him a superstar, but hopefully he was one of the best left-hand uh, hitters in this uh, movement yep. Uh, yep. around town. Now, that leaves us with the only uh, really good top-rated uh, slugger in free agency is Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. And um, they said he produces the best left-handed production of any player that's left available. So uh, the Yankees um, checked the box by getting a Christmas present with uh, Juan Soto, yes. us fans. So I don't know if they'll um, go after... Um, Bellinger with that much enthusiasm. I think we need some left-handed uh, batters because Judge and mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Stanton. Stanton, who I think they should get rid of, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, you know, I'm believe it or not, I'm in agreement as well. However, the only thing you can this this guy Stanton mm-hmm. can be a powerhouse, he but can. He, he misses fifty games a year, and that's just way too much. It is. Is, and it's every year. Yeah, it's not so you can bank on him being yep. out. Yep. And last year they just didn't have the bats to come up and uh, yep. somebody yep. take his place, and it was very. Um, I think you're going to see them go after Bellinger. I, I hope I really so. Do. I really and, do. And I'm not sure if if you know. I saw where Stanton is going to start to take play a little bit more of an athletic uh, yeah. prep for for the season because you know you hearken back to things like remember uh, Ichiro was with us for a short period of time, but right. he played. He played uh, and and one of the things I think more of the Seattle fans would reckon this, 
uh, recognizes he stretches. He doesn't lift, he stretches. Exactly. And if you read the articles about this Yamamoto, he doesn't, of course, he's only 5'9". Oh, yeah. yeah. He's not a big guy. But, Yamamoto, no. whereas uh, Stan is huge. He's got tremendous upper body strength. But that's the thing is I think he's almost too strong where he's not flexible. <clears throat> well, one of the things today, and um, I think you find this throughout baseball, is that a lot of players pull quad muscles mm -hmm. or um, hamstrings. And, you know, I, I remember George Steinbrenner for years towards the end was saying that he kept changing trainers because he said what they're doing is they're giving him too much weight um, yeah. lifting uh training and that you build up a lot of muscle but then again if you're not taking the right exercises and and doing that and i don't think you can really well, you when look you're at, you look at like uh, guys. Uh, ichiro's statistics how many games he missed over like a 20-year career right very few very few he used to show up at yankee stadium five hours before the game to stretch to stretch out yeah and he was Never an exciting ball outfield. player on he the was. base paths in the boxes in, yeah. in right field he, he's an, and I think that to your point I think you have to be in great shape to play the game especially if you're going to play 162 games a year plus the playoffs right the endurance the stamina and so forth but it's got to be a conditioning that gives you some flexibility well that that too but uh, you know that's why you need a, a good bench yep so you can spell these guys now Aaron Judge once will will miss some games once in a while, not every year being out for an extended period of time. But um, I, we didn't have the bench this year, yeah. and I think the Yankees. Well, you, you could have had a great team. You had Judge out for what forty games? Yeah. You had Stanton out for fifty. Yeah. I mean, those are your two powerhouses, and and Rizzo didn't play half the season. No, I know. So, you know, there's a there's a lot to be said for that. And I, I, you know, off the off the air, I send Rick notes on Facebook, and one of them this week was a thing about uh, Bob Gibson. Did you read that? Oh yeah. Bob Gibson, who was a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, is I believe his entire career. Yes. He he was. Incredible. First of all, he was a very dangerous pitcher because regardless if you could be his best friend, you stepped into the batting box. He he said the first one in high and tight just to make sure you backed off the plate. Yeah. I forget what I and keep that. No, thought, it, it, he, he's but you look at the number of complete games that that man pitched. Uh, during his career, and then we stop everybody after 100 pitches. This guy went yeah. nine innings the vast majority of the careers. Just just to, to give you a few yeah. of all the games he pitched in 68, um, but I, I remember Hank Aaron telling one upcoming player um, that if you hit a home run off of Gibson, do not look at him, run the bases normally, don't jump up and down, clap, just run the bases, don't look at them, and get back in the dugout as fast as you can because the next time you're up, if you show them up, you're going to get hit uh, in the head with a fastball. Yeah. But here are some of the statistics, which I I just cannot believe this when I read this. Um, he uh, went seven innings, seven innings, nine innings, nine innings, 12 innings, 11 innings, eight, 9.288. Eight. Nine 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 nine
Um, and then he followed that up with four more nine-inning years and three eight-inning years. Now, today, you don't find anybody. I think Garrett Cole was the only Yankee this year that went nine innings. Yep. They're out after, like you said, four or five innings, and relief pitchers come in and they'll pitch an inning or two, and nobody goes the distance today. And I yeah. think that's why they have a lot of um, they have a lot of arm injuries. Um, Tommy, they need Tommy John surgeries, or their shoulder. They get a lot of shoulder uh, surgeries because they're not working enough. Yeah. And um, I mean, Bob Gibson. I used to love to see him play. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was in the era of Drysdale, and um, it, they were just great pitchers back then. Yeah. And you could bank on them, but Gal Gibson, Gibson was awesome. You did not. I mean, Nolan Ryan was fast, and it's, they say you couldn't even see the ball come come at you because you heard it hit the catcher's mitt before you could even blink an eye. Yeah. But Gibson was, you didn't do anything to him. Oh, but he was that big powerhouse guy. He was a big, tall, handsome man that strong as, a, as an ox. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm sure that uh, that stamina, but he, I'm, pro, I'm, I'm sure he was very much like Seaver. The same delivery every time. Yeah. So his mechanics were perfectly sound. Now, granted, those guys also had six inches on the on the, uh, the pitcher's mound. Remember exactly, it was higher. Mount, it was higher yeah. then. But it's still, uh, you know, you st- whether you throw from six inches above or whatever, the idea is the run production is about the same that we have right now. So it's not like fewer hits or right. fewer runs, all that. The point is they wanted to give the advantage back to the batter, exactly, which still didn't has not produced that no. much. But the the analytics behind baseball today are incredible. Um, friend of mine yesterday was telling me that they have a pitching machine now that they can program the pitching machine to deliver pitches just like the pitcher they're about to see that day or the no next kidding. day. Incredible. But you think about it, yeah, you have a $700 million investment. Now the Dodgers have even, why wouldn't you pay somebody to give you the best pitching machines possible? Oh, most definitely. You know, you want to win. Most definitely. And, uh, but yeah, so, because we, we, we all talked about, uh, you know, these players, uh, maybe Gibson probably, you know, flew on planes because he was in in St. Louis. But you know, you look at these guys that play. We're playing in the East Coast. You know, you had several teams in New York. You had Boston. You had the Baltimore's and uh, that and, and the Nationals. I guess were in Washington at that point, or it was called the Senators. But you know, these guys are on buses. Uh, on on uh, oh yeah, they, you, you know their tr- their trips were on buses lines, or that kind of stuff, and they had no arthroscopic surgery. There was no athletic trainers. So we've kind of pampered our stars and considered them stars when they're only pitching a fraction of a time. Exactly. Now, and, I remember uh, I went to uh, Yankee Stadium back when uh, uh, I was just out of high school when Baltimore had the 420 game winners. And, you know, I, I saw McNally and Palmer. I went to two games. Mm-hmm. I was over on the weekend, and, and McNally and Palmer pitched. And here again, they had the same delivery every time, and they weren't... I don't know if Palmer was overpowering, but they had a good repertoire of pitches, Mm -hmm. and they were all good, Mm -hmm. all good pitches. And, you know, to have four uh, four 20-game winners on the same team was awesome. And back then, Baltimore was was a team that was in it every year, Mm -hmm. you know, and then... Uh, I mean, they had Brooks Robinson, and and Frank Robinson came, and, uh, you know, but... When you talked about the mound going down three inches to give the the offense an advantage, the pitchers definitely were better and stronger back 
before that. But you had great hitters then too. Yeah. And if that, you know, I mean, they could hit anything uh, with that pitcher's mound three inches high. Yeah. I tell you the truth, I wish they would put the uh, pitching mound back up three inches. Yeah. I'd like to see some of these pitchers go longer, and some of the uh, offensive uh, batters really earn their earn their money. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe you would see that there wouldn't be $700 million contracts like uh, or a $325 million contract every every year. I remember we were shocked when A-Rod signed a 10-year $250 million. Oh, yeah. Year. We're like, this guy's going to ruin baseball. Yep. You know, I, you know, I don't. I I personally like the guy. I know the the controversies around him, but I still like him. I thought he was a good ball player. Yeah. But you know, you sit back and think, where are our priorities, though, Rick? Where you know, I have I have some friends that run nonprofits that can barely pay their staff, and you know, the Dodgers just spent you know one point five billion dollars on two two men. Yeah, I know. And well, and that's but that's why things are so expensive today. At yeah. the, you go to a ballpark, take a family of four, and. Uh, it gets to be a very expensive sure uh, outing, sure you know. That's why our friend Pat Papino, who uh, has a uh, trip to Yankee Stadium every year, gets four or five charter buses full of people. I mean, he charges $100, and that includes your ticket, <clears throat> your bus ride. Uh, he puts on a heck of a spread, uh, a buffet uh, in between before you get to Yankee Stadium. Um, coffee, donuts, and bagels in the morning, and when you get back at night, you raid Ben and Jerry's for nothing. Yeah. And $100. Yeah. I mean, where can you go to a ball game and spend for $100 to get down there? You can't even drive down. the gas. You'd spend more than that in gas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you get a family of four or even a husband and wife going to a ball game, you're you're up a lot of money. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that's why I think, you know, when you look at the transitions from these, some of these teams, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Red Sox, you look at the Dodgers, the revenue stream from their from their television programs are so significant. And that's why someone, the rumor was when the new uh, people bought from Yankees, the, the Red Sox, they bought it because of Nesson, which is the New England Sports Network, which right. is the Celtics, the Bruins, the uh, Red Sox, and others. But, you know, it, it is all about our entertainment. We all oh, want sure. to be, you know, it's, you can't afford to go to games as often as you get to <laughs> no, watch one on television. especially football. Yeah. Like but you get to that point where. Uh, what do you do? I know. I mean, I, you know, I get the Yes Network. Yeah. Um, it used to be um, the uh, Red Sox uh, sports channel. Yep. It used to be on basic cable. Yeah. And, uh, and then what happened, like you said, they ended up. You had to buy a subscription through your cable to get it. Mm -hmm. And what was it? Um, the MSG Network carried the Yankee games. But then they came up with the Yes Network, uh, Yankee Entertainment Sports Network. So, I mean, they had to do that to, to justify the, the spending the money on sure. salaries yeah. and that. But uh, I don't know. just seems to me we've lost our focus and on sports. Uh, but it's all over the place. I mean, I remember when football didn't have guaranteed contracts. Yeah. And they'd pay a, a player, especially a good lineman or, or a tight end, um, you know, they'd pay him a good salary. They knew they were going to get hurt. And their contracts weren't guaranteed, so they, they were out the yeah. money. And now they're guaranteed, you know, just like baseball. There was a, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm not even going <laughs> to attempt to get my accuracy of who they were, what they were, but I want to say it was somebody like Branch Rickey, a very powerful GM in the baseball days. 
Um, but and 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 one of the power. I want to say it was like Ralph Kiner, but it's probably not. But it was a slugging first baseman. Yeah. Right. And he hit, hit the most home runs in the uh, season. And excuse me, that's nothing to sneeze about. Um, <laughs> but hit the, by far he led the he led the, the all of the majors in home run hitting. Okay. And I think he was a good first baseman. Whatever. So his contract was up. So he went into uh, to the we'll say I'm going to say it's Branch Rickey. It could have been some one of the other well known GMs at the time, and says, uh, "Well, you know, I'd really like a raise." And he says, "What are you making?" He goes, "I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year." And he said, "Okay, uh, that's uh, let me." And you led the league in this, and he you know really had his own statistics all right there fresh. So the GM looks at him and says, "You know, we finished in fourth with you. We could finish in fourth without, without you." you. So he gave him an eighty thousand dollar contract and he signed it. Yeah. Oh, back then, te- uh, players <laughs> didn't change teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they didn't care. But I think um, Mickey Mantle was the first player to make a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. And I mean, he was a great player in yeah. his time. I don't think you know there were very few players that were in his um, category, and he played. I don't know if you ever saw pictures of him when he was a young oh, kid yeah. playing the Yankees. His knee, they had to wrap his knee like three hours before the game and about four hours after the game because he had a bad knee and he could bunt and he was fast. I mean, he was fast, but his knee was so bad they showed ice packs on it And when he was a kid uh, just coming up with the Yankees. and. You don't see that today. They're, they'll be out for two months, uh, you know, yeah. if they pull a muscle. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's And he had a long career, too. Oh, sure. It wasn't that he had a two-year career and, and yep. he was done. But um, but you see the, you know, the tenacity. Do we still have it? I'm sure we do. I'm sure there's things that we just don't know. But I, mean, right. I look at Larry Burr, the basketball player for the Celtics. You know, he had a back injury in high school. Yeah. And he made it all the way through. And, and yes, he had to retire early because of his bad back. But I think he played a lot more games with a really bad back than most people would have. That's ever. right. Don Mattingly, yep. another one. Bad back, but he was a great first baseman. Yep. And he had to retire young, and it was too bad because he never made the yep. playoffs. And the next year, Yankees went, went into the playoffs. And, yep. you know, the poor guy never did it. Yep. Which I'm hoping he becomes the Yankee manager at some point. I don't know what we need. We need something. We need good luck, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's it for our baseball, but um, <laughs> I have a, uh, a guest that, uh, that texted that said, enough with sports already. <laughs> they want to get into some meat. Oh, there we go. But um, oh, strain, out. strain your beard out, too, by the yeah, way. Thanks. I... Um, I, uh, you know, don't like looking over to seeing a messy beard, you know. That's right. Thank so, you. Yeah, not a problem. I'll, I'll give it to you there. Uh, hey, by the way, what time are you going out tomorrow night to uh, warm up that sleigh? Oh, well, I've got automatic start now. It's okay. New, new technology. I've got that. So everybody's all fired up. You know, there's, uh, we've all got smartphones and uh, and, and smart, smart uh, wristwatches. So I put one on all the deer and they just... Just take a buzz off. and off we get ready to go. They know what time we're See, isn't that something? Santa's even getting high-tech today. Well, GPS is really helping me. Yeah. It really is. The GPS is just phenomenal. And I, I imagine. And you have your own special GPS, Oh, too. of course, just yeah. And then on top of that, you, I got my drones. I got a fleet of drones flying in and out of the uh, 
uh, the sleigh, dropping off some of the smaller packages right. they can do right on the front. Really, I'm cutting down my footsteps. I, I'm getting my walking in throughout the year rather than just on Christmas okay. Eve. Okay. I think you got those uh, GPS drop-offs from Amazon, uh, the idea, because they're trying to do something yeah. like that. But yeah. you got it perfected. I, I've got it all you set got to it go. perfected. Hey, listen, I want to get into, uh, we'll get into a little bit of uh, city stuff. Uh you know, we want to keep our listeners happy. Um, but I'm going to ask you a question. The elections, was a Christmas present for Saratogans or just kind of run-in-the-mill election this year? Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, you know, the turmoil, rather than the politics, the turmoil has been literally astronomically high. It's just, it just, it's foolish. I mean, we're spending $50 million to let five people act like fools. Yeah. And they're, and again, I know many of these people, and they're not fools really, but they're acting like fools. Yeah. And I and I just get very frustrated with that because the same old, and you and I know where we're going, and charter change and all that crap. But That's coming the, up the idea next. is, you, you know, you're sitting there and you're looking at these people doing things selfishly to rub the nose of somebody else in a, into it, and and it just, I, I'm just so tired of it. I mean, you just get to a point where like. You should be embarrassed by this behavior, but it motivates them to get some controversial stuff. And the way they go about it is just childlike. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Well, I think that's why we had the the, the result of the election sure. that we did. And I I love John. I think he's a great man. He's got some great ideas yep. coming in. But he ran four times yep. and didn't make it. And this time, I mean, he ran on a platform of cleaning that out and straightening it up and i think it resounded with the voters yeah. you know i like we you know i i think we could just uh uh get bumper stickers and just change the colors that could say vote for me for civility that's right it, you know and it comes up every time every yeah. time and you sit back and this you know this is why you can tell me getting passionate about it because it, it's you know uh, as i said all these people are good people that that are in or were in and are on, sure. the, on the way in but the problem is is it's it's a, it's a cesspool and, and, you know, you're gonna, it's going to stink. Well, one, one thing John was saying, which I think rang true, is what it did, it, it caused toxicity with the employees. Um, you know, they, they just didn't know what to do because, let, let's face it, uh, we'll get into this too a little bit later. You have five separate departments, and there's no coordination between the two, and it's very frustrating with the employees that, they want to get something done, and they have to get some uh, direction from another department. They don't get any, and um, so. But we'll we'll get into into that. But I honestly think it was a Christmas present uh, this election, yeah. uh, and I just wish that there were a few more uh, people running against the three that had no right. competition. Because yeah. I, I always believe it, it makes a healthier election if you have a choice rather than you know. The only one I I like that never had a choice, honestly, was John Frank. Mm -hmm. I thought he was one of the better commissioners. Um, told uh, just like Chris Matheson um, when he was in office, told you like it was. If you didn't like it, too bad. But you knew where they stood, mm -hmm. and uh, you could approach them. And uh, we only had one problem with John, and that was back in the uh, late 90s, uh, early 2000s mm -hmm. with Charter. But, but, I mean, he was a great guy, as was Chris. Um, and uh, so, you know, well, I, I don't I like to you, see him opposed. This is, a, I think, a, a prediction I think anyone could take to the bank. If we continue on here with the Charter the way it is, mm -hmm. we'll have this 
You may have a year or two where it's a little bit kumbaya, but no matter what had happened, it pits five people. They could be the best of friends walking in the door. Yeah. By the end of the second year, they hate each other. Oh, yeah. And it's simply because it's doomed to fail. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, and we talked to John about that yeah. last week uh, or the week before. Well, what's his feeling? Does he think charter? I know Ron Kim would said that if he got elected, he was going to put it back on the ballot. And he did nothing about it. No. As a matter of fact, I think uh, he kind of walked it back. Matter of fact, when John was on, <clears throat> we talked about, no, when Chris was on, we, we had talked a, a little bit about that because um, Ron was saying, well, somebody had asked him about charter change in the city manager form. And he said, no, you have to pay a city manager $300,000. I ran the charter change. And um, I, I said to, to no, Chris didn't. Matisse, and he I said, I know, I know, but this is, this is, uh, yeah. and I said, you know what, Chris, I said, I think at the time yeah. when the, the proposed salary was about like 125,000 yeah. and I said, and you get these, <clears throat> there's a, an organization, a city manager's organization countrywide, uh, you know, they all belong to it. And I said, that's where you get direction from mm-hmm. or uh, parameters from is this organization. And they even job hunt for you that they're, they're uh they'll you give them specifics of what you are looking for in a city manager mm-hmm. and they put it up on their bulletin board of course it's it's all over the country sure. bulletin board and then you get to interview so many and, and we went through so, that. i'm a member of icma i just joined right. many years oh, ago oh, you stepped up my okay. membership and not that i ever want to be a city manager i'm not no, qualified no. but for the I, information I want to understand what the role is and if you saw the support network whether it's People in your region, people in your state, people in, uh, you know, with like type issues, homelessness, budget. I mean, they all have the same issues. Every municipality does. They, it might be a little bit different flavor, but at the core, the same same critical mission. The challenge that we have is we keep thinking that we're special. We're we're Saratoga Springs. God, we're special we're and we're unique. Baloney, yeah. baloney, baloney. We get uh, we get a lot of baloney. You know, we have been. You know, I would say we have a, a fairly nice, sophisticated city. We got a heck of an image issue that we think, uh, you know, we don't stink. When in reality, look around. Yeah. Look at your day-to-day life and say, is it getting any better? And the answer is, no, it's not. Well, I think that changed, too. And we talked about this. Um, I think it changed, too, when we became a co- not a community, but a tourist attraction. Yep. And I think everything changed in Saratoga. Well, it's we, and, the, and the needs are so much more sophisticated. You know, you know what I'm saying. It's like you, you know, would you go out and buy a uh, you know 1982 Plymouth right. and rely on that as your everyday car? Probably not. You know, because no. you know it's an old car. It's got a lot of miles on. It doesn't have any features, no functionalities, and so forth. And it's destined to break down. Or right? I, I use the example of if you uh, these big corporations like Chrysler, they have five CEOs. That run the, you know, because they wouldn't know what they were doing. But you can delegate, you know, you can delegate to department heads and whatever. But it's a trick. It's you know, uh, kind of going back to this point. I mean, you, 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 would you, would you want your, uh, would you want your car to have all safety features, airbags, you know, all that kind of stuff? Of course you would. But you constantly are upgrading. Why we can think it? I mean, we are the largest community in the world, the world, to have the commission form of government. Yeah. Hasn't been adopted in 79 years by any municipality. Yeah. Well over 900 municipalities left and never went back. Yeah. So 
what in God's name are we thinking about that thinks like, oh, we're special. We can make this commission form of government. Well, let's look back on in the last 15 years and find out how many like personal attacks they made on each other. Yeah. Now, granted, I know that it happens in other communities, but not like it does not here. Not like it does here and, look, and on citizens. And, and, and you, you sit back and you think about it. You've got, you, you got a $50 million budget or thereabouts. 85% of it's spent on employees. And our employees aren't happy. They're not well-trained. They yeah. obviously are in conflict with one another. Would you, would, you, would you run your company like that? No. Hey, listen, I want to tell you that you're listening to WSPN 91.1 FM Skidmore Radio. Phone number in the studio is 518-580-5783. And with us today, we have Santa, Pat Kane. Hey, I, wanna, I read something in the paper that kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, and it's about the paid parking. Mm. Did you read about that? Not exclusively. All right. Well, let, let me just tell you a, a little bit of what's going on. Um, at the December 19th meeting, uh, Public Works Commissioner Golub and DPW Business Manager Michael Veach delivered a presentation to the City Council of this new program. It's a seasonal parking program <clears throat> that will make its way into Saratoga and it will have non-taxpayers paying an estimated $2 an hour, up to 24 hours, to park in garages and surface lots. Uh, also, would implement a seasonal parking program that runs May 1st to September 30th for people that are taxpayers. Now, taxpayers will continue to have free parking on, um, in, in some lots, um, and maybe on street, it'll run for 21 and a half weeks and generate an anticipated revenue of $2.46 million. But they want to use that money for the homeless uh, situation and kind of uh, parking lot upgrades and stuff, um, which that's where most of the money is going to go anyway. Uh, you know, but they uh, they want the garages to be safe for residents and tourists. Um, they don't feel uh, the hourly rate for visitor parking again will be two dollars an hour, uh, and permits will be available for businesses, students, employees, and renters for longer term parking. Um, the permits will not be used for garage or surface lots because you're going to have to pay. They'll have uh, mm -hmm. booths in there to pay. Mm -hmm. um, but instead, for on-street parking, and uh, unlimited parking permits would cost $300 a month and include a lost ticket fee of $55 if you lose your permit. Um, and they said that's something they need to remedy quickly. Uh, so we're going to have to pay. We're going to have to get, I mean, if you run a business downtown and have employees, they're going to have to pay $300 a month mm -hmm. for a permit so they can park, which I always said that they should have a, a system where um, business owners can buy permits mm -hmm. for their employees, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, $25 a month or $20 a month, just so, because they have to go out every two hours and move their cars around. Yeah. employees downtown which yeah. which is ridiculous but um they won't have any meters they'll only have pay stations and garages and surface lots and uh broadway will remain as is except from added striping which i always thought oh, if broadway it. had striping oh, you could God. get more cars on that oh, crazy absolutely. road absolutely 
I mean, we said, um, Mark, a good friend of yeah. mine, uh, would go every Friday afternoon after I got out of work down to coffee traders and yeah. sit outside and we'd see these crazy cars park uh, 10 feet in back of another car where you couldn't get another car in, in between them. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, uh, why don't they strike? <laughs> you know why they didn't? I, I asked that question a while ago. It goes back to the form of government because the anytime you stripe, you use, use the paint on the pavements. It has to be kind of a special paint right. because of the wear and tear, the snow blow or snow plow and all that stuff. One department is in charge of enforcement. The other department is in charge of maintenance. Mm -hmm. And who's going to pay? And that's why they never striped because what they budget whose budget of? is it going to come out of? And that's such baloney. Right. You sit there and you're thinking, but that's the problem. Is that and we just want to. We want to put a Band-Aid on the problem. Yeah. Why don't we have a parking commission solely separate from the, from the political side and have them come up with creative ideas about acquisition of new lots, uh, private-public partnerships. Yeah. But we're still living in the dark ages. Right. And this is, this is kind of a mediocre. I mean, I hear some things that I like, but there's a lot of things there I don't like. Oh, yeah. Try to repair a parking garage for $2 million. You're not going to repair. I mean, when you go, you know, you look at some of these tall parking garages that we have in town that are that are not covered. You know, the seams in the in the pavement. There's all kinds of, of, of maintenance. Then you start looking at trying to keep some of the undesirables sure. out of there. Two million dollars is a drop in the bucket. Well, the the pro the program will also be uh, converting some streets into permit parking only. And uh, they said they can utilize 1,267 on-street spaces for residents and employees that will be paid parking. So for the tourist season, all right, they want to tax uh, tourists coming into the city for parking. Yep. And residents will have to pay a fee. There will be some free parking, but residents will have to pay a fee in those 21 and a half weeks. Um, I just don't know what we're coming to. I really don't. It's, uh, we're, but it's Band-Aids, right? I, I, mean, I love the concept, but it's just a Band-Aid. I, I don't like it's the a concept, And though, until I, they sit back and say, where do we need to be in 10 years? Instead of, And I commend them. They look like they did their homework and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know, you go back. I remember Lake Placid. I was on, I've been on five parking commissions, or uh, blue ribbon committees, let's put it that way. Um, and it always gets right down to the business leaders come downtown and say, we don't want to pay parking, and it stops. Well, now it may not be... You know, I, it doesn't sound like there's too much citizen involvement in this, which is what they used to do. Right. But the problem is that we have no more availabilities. You know, if you start to tell me I can park my car for $2 a day somewhere, my car's going to sit there for $2 a day. It's cheaper oh, than building a garage. This is $2 an hour. Yeah. No, but I mean, isn't it the residents get free parking or what, you know? Only in some areas. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I know we've got to do something. I just don't think... A Band-Aid is the challenge. You right. know, we let two significant lots go to, pri to private ownership when we could have built some more parking structures. We built this parking structure in the city center, and it's the farthest one away from downtown. Right. Uh, I, you know, why didn't we build it out towards the Saratogian building? I have no idea, but we did that. And now I don't know how the numbers, we spent a lot of money to build that. There's, the debt on that building is significant. Now, oh, I don't yeah. know if this plan takes into account that debt service, and now we're going to say we're going to give it away to other issues. I, you know, we're well, building we, buildings for a specific reason. We gave that lot to the city center, yep. and we're still responsible for maintenance, not the city center. 
That's a good deal. Uh, yeah, it is. We get it back in 20 years when it's just about dilapidated. Right, and yeah. they're paying a dollar a year. Yeah. A uh, yeah. dollar a year for the parking spot that they're charging money for. Yep. Uh, we get it back in 20 years. We have to do all the maintenance on it. Um, and it, it, it is a good deal for the Saratogians. Like, you know, why why not just uh, charge the uh, money-making outfit a dollar a year for, yep. Uh, yep. I don't know how big the parking garage, how many it fits, but it's huge. Yep. Um, and I don't know. It's like um, <clears throat> the uh, county building next to Salvation Army. Yeah. Um, you know, they sold that. Well, that was a county building, mm-hmm. but they sold it to Adirondack Trust, and, and nothing's being done with it. But we gave Adirondack Trust that lot that was hooked onto our parking on Woodlawn Avenue, and we gave that to Adirondack Trust. And, um, it, you know, you give Space is uh, prime in Saratoga. I mean, you can't buy a postage stamp size lot for less than uh, half a million dollars. Yeah. And uh, here we're giving spaces away. I don't think the city owns that much property anymore in Saratoga. They used to own, I know they own where the old senior center used to be. They own that lot. Yeah. Um, they own that lot right on Broadway, right between... Uh, just down from the city center. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that was a hotel parking lot. Wasn't that that Aaron's? Oh, Aronson has uh, Sarah, the building right next door. Oh, My okay. understanding is that he only has parking behind the building. Oh, all right. Right? So okay. That, but, again, it goes back to I could never figure <laughs> out why we went all. I mean, I, I hate to say it. I build another parking garage right next to the one down on, on uh, uh, in, the, in the gut there because... You got well, a Saratogian, you the Saratogian lot's huge. You yeah. could have put you could put a parking garage in that area. Yeah. See, I always said that all right, you built that big parking garage hooked onto the hotel, yeah. <clears throat> and you can you or I could park in there. We'd have to pay. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. Uh, you have to pay, but I thought they should have a, a van that would take people up to Broadway. Yeah. Uh, especially seniors um, in the winter time when when you have snow on the ground, but you want people to go out shopping, uh, you know, and have a, a shuttle van. Uh, yeah. You can do that easy, very easily. And so, I was on a and there and this one guy I forget his name made the recommendations that that lot there was a church on Broadway that burned and that's why that vacancy is right, right there was that was going to be the corridor back to the big huge parking garage that was between which is there half is now the city center parking okay but they left the other half for for ground lock it's full of city it's where city employees and city vehicles are parked right. every day make it you know make it make that more of a of a use to Broadway it never has you know it's never happened never happened and again you know I, I'm just you know as you can tell and I'm very passionate about this I mean I look at you know we're gonna have a six percent tax increase this year six yeah it's way above the state mandate believe me or not right right and Manita's a friend of mine, but she came in with a surplus and has had two tax increases in two years. Yep. So I'm looking at this going, what are we doing? I, I don't see any significant things. And now we're going to try to, everybody starts looking for revenue when there's a revenue shortfall. Well, there, there can't be a revenue shortfall. You've had surplus in for the last two years, yes. and now you're going to have a 6% increase? Well, that's, that's going to be a giant. I blame that on a former uh, finance commissioner, Madigan. Because she ran every year for 10 years on, oh, no tax increase. Yeah. And um, 
that, and I talked with a an ex mayor who was is very smart man. He's a very smart guy, and I said, you know, um, you should have had a tax increase, of maybe half a percent, um, in those ten years, every couple of years, half a percent. I said, because what's going to happen now, at some point, we're going to get a huge tax increase because we didn't keep up for 10 years. No, no well, not only that, but we pay a fine every year. John, John Frank told me this. Uh, I think we pay a $50,000 fine to the state every year when we don't increase taxes. Mm-hmm. So it's a political issue. That's really what this boils down to. You know, they always say, like, you know, John Frank's office, that if you ever went out and reassessed the property values in the House, <clears throat> and you'd never get reelected again. Well, that's what happened to Steve Town. Yeah. So, you know, again, we're, we just keep passing the buck, putting a Band-Aid on it, instead of saying, put your big boy pants on and come up with a real solution. Yeah. That's the problem is we don't have real solutions. They can't get along to even talk about a solution, let alone, you know, you got one department proposing this, and, you know, the, the next impact is, what's that mean to me? <clears throat> well, right? you know, um, uh you know, we don't want to be uh, Grinches here to put coal in your stocking, but a 6% tax increase is huge. Where over 10 years, if you had a half a percent increase, I mean, we had huge surpluses back then. Mm-hmm. But if you had a, a half a percent tax increase, maybe four times during those 10 years, yeah, I don't think today, well, well you never know because of the way they spend money. But um, you you wouldn't have a six percent tax yeah. increase, and I mean we're very fortunate that we don't get tax increases from the county. Our county taxes stay uh, relatively the same because mm-hmm. they get a good surplus, mm-hmm. and uh, they know how to manage a surplus. We don't know how to manage a surplus. Um, I mean, ever since um, Commissioner Madigan got in, she wanted to run on a no tax increase. Well, you just can't do that. You can't. Any sane person that has anything to do with business or, you know, would know that you have to raise your prices a little bit every year because everything goes up. Yeah. Now, you may not have to raise them a lot, uh, but you need to raise them up a little bit to keep, uh, you know, to keep things down. And and it's just when you don't do that, uh, but that's why, um, good or bad, all right, like him or not, tweets and not knowing how to keep his mouth shut, the policies of Trump made the country a, a little better because he was a businessman and he knew he tried to run the country as a business and looked at ways to save money and how to spend money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of people don't like him, and, and that's fine. I But I think... Uh, you need to have a business outlook when you're running even government, whether it's city, federal, or state. Political. I don't think it, the politics shift is going to be like that here. Yeah, I hoped it would, because I hope the commission form of government would die. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people death, do. But it, it, probably the people just tired of <clears throat> being tired to hear about it. But we're just not. How many people read the Saratogian every day? Nah, they, not many. You know, not many. So we, people aren't even plugged into any of this stuff. No. Which, I, it's, it's all about getting votes. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and, and I think you're going to see the the political pe- pe- pendulum. I think it, in the in the in the uh, in the United States will swing a bit. I think yeah, start to see the trends. But it's it's um, it's when you mentioned the Saratogian, it said we don't have a local newspaper right. anymore because right. you could you could get um local news right. and people could get it. I mean, when you have yeah. a. Uh, 
2,000 uh, subscribers in a city of 29,000 people, mm-hmm. um, you know there's something wrong. And I, I understand why. I get to Saratogian, um, and I'm lucky because there's an outfit you can get the subscription through. I only pay $50 a year yeah. for the subscription. Yeah. And um, but you open it up, and there's two articles about Saratoga, and the rest are about Troy, Cahos, sure. Albany, and it's it's just you can't do it. Tough business. You yep. can't make people aware. Yep. And I and, talked to and, John about this. It's you, what's the where do you get your information? That's really when the formulation of public opinion is really about you know the TikToks of the world, and you can see the puppet masters doing what they do, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent, and and that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, I, I bet you my kids haven't picked up a newspaper <coughs> since we emptied the recycling bin. But that's what I like to do. Oh, yeah. I like to read a newspaper yeah, in my hand. I, I just can't read news on, on the Internet. Yeah. I, it just drives me crazy. But well, I, I always thought we'd have you know, a, a, a television network down here. I always felt like... Yeah. Plays in every hotel. I mean, there there are some services. Don't get me wrong. But we got to be able to support that. Yeah. But you know, I remember Mark Mulholland and I were talking about that recently. But uh, you know, he used to be up on Channel Eight in Glens Falls when he first got going in his career. But you know, the bottom line is that we're we're uh, we're struggling uh, behind the scenes. No, you know, who would say that? I don't want to live in Saratoga. You know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I you know, as I said, I think we've got to be cautious and say that. You know, we're are we unique? Kinda, but not really. No, you know, and, and and as I said, we all have children. Would you have your your uh, your daughter operated on by a ninety five year old surgeon that has shaky hands? No. Or would you want the latest and greatest, using the greatest technology and so forth? Right. And, and and why we do this? I mean, sixty three percent of your tax right. dollars are going to the city government. Question. Yeah. Do you ever do you see um, a commission on charter change uh, in the near in the future? Oh, of course they have to. They okay. have to. I mean, they're not getting people to run for office. Before it was, you know, you, you had two. Now you have two pseudo Republicans. John's right. a good guy. Dan's a nice guy. All that, but everybody's a good guy when they start. Yeah, it's like you get in there and it's it's. Uh, but I, I got to. Can I change gears on you for? Yes, a let's hope. See, let's see change Thanksgiving. It. Let's change it. What are you hoping for for Thanksgiving? Or excuse me, hey, Thanksgiving, for Christmas? Christmas. I want to get through it. To tell you the truth, yeah. I'm not really a. a Ever since last year, I'm not a Christmas person yep. anymore, yep. and uh, I just want to get it over with. Yep. And uh, but I, I mean, I'm hoping for. I, there's a lot of things I hope for a better world. Yeah. Um, you know, our country to start going in a, in a good direction and get people uh, working and happy and 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 by getting people to work, I mean getting the gumption yep. to get a job. Yeah. And 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 I don't know how they're doing it today. I know during COVID they were giving money away, but. I don't know how people are, are living today without uh, working because the money's not there anymore. But, but Rick, what I really want to, you know, really want to stress here now is friendship. First of all, you know, if people don't know Rick, they've missed out on a great treasure. He's a wonderful man. He's very kind. He's been a great friend for many, many years. And, you know, we all like to have something new, a new sweater, or a new jacket or whatever. But when you can have friendships, they're worth Everything you right. can't put a dollar value on your friendship. So when you when you uh, spend the holidays, uh, you know think about all your friends. Give them a call. 
Say you tell them how much you love them. Do you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff because that's the secret weapon here. The new, the new iPhones and all this stuff. Yeah, it makes people happy. But do you have the ability to say to your friends, "Thank you very much for your friendship. We really yeah. enjoy it." How do we do? How do we get better for next year? You know, we lost two. We mentioned two women. We lost two. I think powerhouse women. We lost Bonnie Design. Yeah. Uh, here recently, and we also Welcome. lost Sharon Boyd here yeah. recently. And right. there are other people that passed as well. And I'm not saying we should, but these are wonderful people. They're wonderful friends. Yep. Let that be your gift to people, your friendship, your kind words, whatever it may be, because that can be the greatest gift ever. Well, you know what? Um, there's, a, free, uh, there's a quote, and I can't remember it word for word, but... Um, it's from It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And Clarence wrote a note to uh, James Stewart when he became an angel and he got that, he found that book. And it said something, you know, not an exact quote, but a, a person who has friends is never alone. And, you know, uh, that rings true. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, and I've considered myself lucky uh, over the years to have. Uh, friends, yeah, you got some wonderful uh, friends, and you're a, you are a wonderful friend. Well, I don't know you about are. that. You're absolutely, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a screw. You're a cur and, curmudgeon, uh, but I like <laughs> curmudgeons. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you. Well, um, Santa Pat, we did a lot of uh, um, talking about the Yankees and uh, and baseball and Bob Gibson and. Uh, um, a lot of stuff today, and uh, got some good opinions, and get that GPS warmed up for tomorrow I'm night. I'm all set. And get out there and tag those reindeer, yeah. and, uh, you know, don't fly too low, though. I That's promise. That's the only advice I, I keep can give. keep those red yeah. lights definitely in, in, in eyesight. All right. Thank Merry you. Christmas Merry to Christmas you. Merry Christmas to you. Happy and, New Year. And you too, and take care. Thanks. And... 